construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Flagstick Podcast. I am Jeff Bonner and this guy is Scott McLeod. And um, of course, the Flagstick Podcast is uh, sponsored this week by Canadian Pro Shop Online. With amazing prices on all the latest brand name golf equipment, all in one convenient location online. It's never been easier to upgrade your game, whether it's drivers, irons, putters, or whatever your golf game needs. The Canadian Pro Shop Online has the gear to help you play better golf. Shop online at CanadianProShopOnline.com. Perfect timing for the holidays, too. Oh, the man. Way. And they by and the they're hammering out some sales right now. I don't know if you've seen some of them. Yes. Uh, Lee's been tagging me. And, uh, yeah, they've got some, you know, if you're looking for the holiday season to do some gift giving, now now's the time. We don't Definitely. we don't mind now's telling you CanadianProShopOnline.com yes. is uh, yeah. a good place exactly. to start. You got it. Um, and another good place to start is reminding you to uh, follow us across all social media networks on Instagram, Facebook, Spot, um, TikTok, X, Tick One. <laughs> God, it's a uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and uh, of course, don't forget YouTube. Like us, click the notification bell, make sure you never miss a single episode. Yeah, of this great podcast because especially on YouTube because if you and weren't others, watching and other stuff too. Yeah. Yes, if you weren't watching on YouTube, you mm-hmm. wouldn't see my toque today. Yeah, which you know so. that may turn people over to the audio side of things. <laughs> they see, oh, my head's know. cold. It's it's winter. I guess I get it. We're in Canada. We're we, I don't want to wear a toque. I don't want it to be cold enough that I'm going to wear a toque. I've been wearing a toque in the house for about a week, which is really weird because it's not cold in here. Um, I'm going to guess your wife don't know love, what's going loves on. that. Loves I that. The, no the kids yeah. are probably going, you know, because obviously now, you know, we have teenagers and older teenagers. So they're. No, well, they um, don't wear toques in the house. I don't know. No, why no, I'm no. Doing. But they're subject to commentary when you wear something. Oh, yeah. They're like, you know what I mean? You wear something, they're looking at you like, what are you wearing? So, I mean, I always get conscious when I'm wearing like a little bit more of a flat brim hat or something. And I'm I'm waiting for my daughter to say something like, um, so I'll yeah, wait for someone to say something. I know happening. one of, I know one of my Brandon, my youngest Brandon's, uh, uh buddies there for some stupid reason looked up the podcast and watched an episode of it and was coming it was the last one where i was wearing one of my uh my my uh fancy hats there fancy hats wow okay yeah. and yeah. uh he made a comment about i did he didn't know what i was doing but now he can watch this <laughs> one and see that i'm wearing a toque and we'll see what he says about this oh i know crazy times yeah. crazy yeah times. You know what? You know what? Before we get to anything, I am I am ticked. I don't know what happens in your community. Like I'm in down in Kingston, Ontario. You're in Ottawa community in Ottawa. But um, when when do they do the leaf pickup, or do they do a leaf pickup in Ottawa? Every week. Okay, so every week would be fantastic. Our neighborhood, which mm-hmm. was supposed to have them done, I don't know, at least a week plus ago. Now I'm watching bags just disintegrating on people's front lawns because everybody's had them out for a week plus and they're just you know rain snow everything yeah. and i'm just like going i don't want to be the person to pick that up because i know it's gonna dump it's, and then they're just gonna leave it there 
exactly that's exactly gonna happen so i'm just like watching it going when am i gonna come home after you know dropping somebody off or whatever and the leaves are going to be picked up and you know half of them are still going to be on the lawn and it's this- not a, it's not <laughs> an issue here actually the last garbage day we had this this week i had uh two yard with three yard waste bags with pumpkins and stuff in it i had two mattresses uh a broken bed um Clubs? Uh, any, I, any clubs or anything in there no 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 clubs some broken hockey sticks and right. and and the garbage like just nice. the regular garbage and they no took everything deal. wow happens okay. they do it every week yard waste every week i guess that's why you pay millions in taxes yeah, um <laughs> anyways on that note <laughs> yeah on that note um golf 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 got it's some end of, end of november and lots i know going on man still lots, lots to talk about and some yeah. interesting topics this week um on the front nine, we're going to uh, obviously kind of take a little review of the latest news and topics, uh, including the conclusion of the PGA and LPGA tours, mm-hmm. the return of Tiger Woods, who, and yeah, I know, and the rise of the modern player. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Tweaks your interest? Well, then you're going to have to keep listening. On the back nine, um, we're going to do a little follow-up on... Um, on the uh, recent State of the Industry Summit by the Golf Journalists Association of Canada, uh, that you were in attendance as a as a board member of the uh, mm-hmm. Golf Journalists Association of Canada, and uh, lots of different groups were in attendance there. We'll get into yeah. details on that, but it should be an interesting. It's a bit of an industry topic, so just let you know ahead of time that it's a bit industry ish. Yeah, I but think it's you'll still, find some of the re- topics interesting. Yeah, it's still relevant to all the golfers that are out there yeah. because even though it might be, you know, in a little bit inside baseball on, on some of the things, it, yeah. it it affects the the golfers that are out there. So, exactly. So, so yeah. Um, but let's so let's get uh, let's get to our front nine uh, presented by Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Golf season may be over, but it's time to plan for next season and for the golfer on your gift list. Uh, buy a membership, join a league, purchase the game packs. Uh, those game packs are super, super important. And be ready to hit the first tee in the spring or stuff someone's stocking. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop for those now. By the way, Jeff, yes. happy happy low email day. And you're low. like wondering, what, 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 yeah, it's Thanksgiving. You... Thanksgiving in the U.S. So happy Thanksgiving to any of our American oh. li- listeners. <laughs> Low email, I get it now. <laughs> Which means a lot less, uh, short of Black Friday deals that I was getting hammered with. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it, it is a slower email day and it feels just like a, ah, it's like a, a big bit. sigh of relief. Well, especially on social media and stuff too. There's less people yapping on, you know, yeah. X and all sorts of different things. People, you know, hopefully enjoying uh, their families and giving thanks to some things rather than just you know out there bitching on everything all the time but uh yeah happy thanksgiving to all our can American you say that friends. on a podcast sure you can you can say anything <laughs> you we say want. whatever you want on a podcast is like serious <laughs> fm radio kind of deal exactly watch we start dropping bombs no that's not gonna happen it's a family friendly show um all right scotty mac let's get yeah. to the end of the pga and the end of the lpga season as they have come uh come to a close yeah, which is uh, different for the PJ Tour because obviously, you know, we've had the wraparound seasons for a few years now, and then now we're going to be back to a normal calendar schedule. Good. So it actually finishes in the year it's supposed to finish. 
which is yeah, nice. Good. Quit screwing around with stuff. Uh, all right. Well, let's jump on the LPGA tour, the CME group uh, tour championship. Um, I'm sure that <clears throat> uh, after the start that she had, Brooke Henderson was kind of expecting um, maybe to be in contention there, but uh, <laughs> the didn't work out. She would have had to fire uh, <laughs> the three more rounds like she did in the first round. Uh, otherwise, uh, she finished uh, in in 12th place, which is respectable. Yeah, uh, not sure. the top 10 maybe that she was hoping for or the win that she was looking for. But minus 15 for the week is still pretty good yeah. uh, to add another 80 Gs uh, to the season-long earnings yep. and uh, bring that total up nice and high. <laughs> mm, just over 1.6 million this year. Um, you know, three top 10s for the year. 24 starts, obviously started the season with a win at the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions. Um, you know, there's such varied commentary, uh, you know, based on, you know, this season. Uh, you know, Brooke has generally been used to a two-win season, which is pretty funny to say, used to a two-win season. And I, I think, unfortunately, because some pundits and people said, you know, that they took the negative route as far as looking at this year, instead of saying, you know, she's still you know, 12th in the world and, you know, all sorts of different things. I mean, they tried to make it out as if it was some disaster or something, but, you know, it's it's hardly that. And, you know, as we mentioned on the show before, you know, 24 starts, but she got some little bit more time in there for herself. Um, and we saw some improvements with her game, especially towards the end of the season, especially if you, you take a deep dive and look at it statistically and, and see where she was making some improvements you know, can she improve? Yeah, there's still more improvements there to be made. And, uh, you know, hopefully, obviously, we see some more faces from Canada uh, heading out on that tour soon. We do have the uh, the Q Series uh, finals are coming up um, before we just get to the little summary of the other players that, that finished up this year. But uh, I will mention while it's on top of my mind, Savannah Gruel uh, from Mississauga, Ontario, just decided to turn pro. Um, she is actually, she actually was the medalist at first stage of Q school, uh, finished second at the second stage, uh, tearing it up, was a great player, uh, you know, at Clemson, uh, posted a really nice goodbye to her Clemson family yesterday. Um, I, I did have a conversation with her dad two weeks ago. Her dad actually gave me a call. We talked about, you know, kind of media relations and things about, you know, about turning pro and stuff like that. And that was great. Her dad's, uh, you know, part of her coaching team as well. He's a high school teacher, uh, gym teacher in, um, in the Mississauga area. Uh, but she is one to look for, especially in that Q school finals. So, um, yeah, congratulations to her on turning pro after a great amateur career, which included, a drive chip and putt championship way <laughs> back when. Um, but it's cool to see. So hopefully she's, she's on the, you know, makes her way onto the tour or at least uh, get some eps into her status. She, she has conditional status for at least getting to the, the Q series finals, but uh, obviously hoping for more and hoping to join the rest of the Canadians that, uh, you know, were racing for the CME globe points this past year. Yeah. Uh, well, Maddie Zurich, uh, well, Brooke Henderson ended up 15th yeah. on that uh, race to the CME Globe. Uh, Maddie Zurich uh, was 102nd. Elena Sharp uh, spent most of her time this year on the Epson Tour, which she actually had a win, yeah. uh, was 145th. And Moda LeBlanc, who missed most of the season uh, due to an injury, uh, was 151st. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, quite respectable. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I only expect those players to, uh, to improve and show uh, 
um, much better next year. Yeah, and I think you know there's a lot, there's a huge wave of of players coming. Uh, you know, not only at the the same pace at at say Savannah Gruel is, but even behind that. Uh, yesterday, Aphrodite Dang, who uh, you know now lives down in New Jersey, but as a Canadian who finished T eight at the uh, Team Canada selection camp, she won the AJGA uh, Rolex Tournament of Champions down in San Antonio. She does not graduate high school until mm. twenty twenty eight scary she's 13 years old she scary. just won one of the biggest ajga events so uh pretty impressive stuff shot eight under uh one by five so but uh yeah we expect to see some more faces there and uh yeah good conclusion to the year been fun to follow the lpga and uh lots more to follow there heading into 2024 all right shifting gears moving to the pga tour finishing up with the rsm uh classic and uh interesting weekend because mm, uh man. um i mean poor poor mac Hughes, you know he goes out and puts a you know fires a 60 um just missing out on a putt uh for 59 which is hard to do so 60s no season he said that in inter- interviews you know 59 yeah. is great that's what you strive for you want it bad but if you don't get it i mean it's still a 60 but he has 60 63 on the weekend and yeah. actually lost ground yeah he did <laughs> like, what the hell you think you shoot 60 63 on the weekend yeah. and you're actually gonna vault yourself up the leaderboard into the lead instead you're losing yeah. ground with the rest of the field yeah he ended Lud- up in it finished uh for in second yeah ludwig uh oberg ended up shooting 61 61 on the weekend shot 29 under uh for the week we're going to talk about uh ludwig in, in a few minutes here a little bit more uh, yes. deeply but uh yeah, I mean, and McKenzie was, you know, as he said, uh, not really disappointed. He just, he played well and just got beat. Well, that's it. I mean, you can't be yeah. disappointed. You know, you always want to win. I get I get that. You want to do the best that you possibly can, which he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you get beat by someone who did better than you. That, yeah. And you played as, you know, as well as you think you could play. I mean, sure, they're always going to say they left a lot of putts out there, but they left a lot of putts out there, and they also probably did some other things that got them par saves that normally they wouldn't do. Yeah. So there's a, there's a trade-off in every round of golf, you know, for you every putt you didn't make for birdie, you probably made a putt for par that you shouldn't yeah. have. Yeah. And you can't play defense in, in, in golf. No. Um, you know, it, that helped him maintain his position 51st uh, overall on the standings for the year, which uh, also gains him entry into two of the elevated events next year. He gets, uh, he gets access to the Pebble beach tournament and the Genesis at LA um, so those are huge. Yeah. Uh, the points are big for those. The money is big for those. Um, so the fact that, you know, he finished second and he needed to finish second to maintain that position, which was yeah. wild. Um, but uh, Adam Svensson uh, tied for fifth in his title defense. That was pretty impressive as well. And then uh, if you want to wrap up the uh, where where are Canadians, um, you know, to summarize kind of where they ended up as far as the top uh, 25, not so much the positions, but uh you know how much these guys cashed in in twenty in twenty twenty four. Well, yeah, the numbers the numbers are crazy. I mean, six Canadians finished in the top one twenty five of the PGA Tour points for for this uh, past season. Uh, yeah. Collectively, um, Nick Taylor, Corey Connors, Svensson, Hadwin, Hughes, Pendrith had twenty two point eight million dollars in official PGA yeah. Tour earnings this season. That's wild when you think about it. 2.8 million just in those yeah. six guys, all yeah. inside the, the top 125. Yeah, I get The top I get, five, what we say? The top five 
players yeah. had on, on the PGA Tour this year had over four well, million dollars. Well, the, the top sorry, five, the, those, the top like five Canadians. Canadians, four yeah. million dollars each. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I mean, Nick Taylor was the top Canadian at six point two mil. Yeah, so uh, you know, pretty impressive seasons. I know you can't judge everything just by the money standpoint of it, but obviously, it's still a measure. Uh, of the player's success as far as their continuing yeah. success, not only with wins, but um, consistent placement. You know, it was, it was almost every week um, that we, you know, we were tracking a Canadian, you know, in the, in the hunt, you know, at some point during most of the PGA tour events. And uh, I was joking. I mean, obviously with, you know, a bunch of guys got some wins, but um, it seemed like every Sunday I was getting an email from the PGA tour about a potential Canadian because they put on a press conference yeah, yeah. Uh, just just for the Canadians um, and they send that out to the Canadian media and they would be sending out just in case here's the link if they win we'll have this extra press conference that will be available so uh, wow. it was always nice to get those emails on Sunday and as I've always said to people it's uh, you know if I'm having to work a little bit more on Sundays that, that means that means somebody, that there's some Canadian success going on. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so so that was good. Uh, good. Good to see. And, uh, you know, it, it starts back pretty soon again. The um, DP World Tour already restarted their their 24 2024 yeah. season. They actually started uh, today. Uh, so Aaron Cockrell finished 76 on the uh, order of merit. Uh, he's back at it. Uh, and speaking of the DP World Tour, I know I didn't put it in our notes here, but uh you know, we, we talked about Curtis Barkley uh, going over to Dubai. He ended up finishing second. Uh, he Again. tied for second in Dubai. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, that's a big one for him. Unfortunately, it was only one round. It was reduced. Uh, this was the G4D uh, DP World Tour Championship in Dubai, which is held concurrently with the uh, the DP World Tour Championship. And then uh, now he's in Australia already, uh, getting wow. ready for next week's uh, All Abilities Championship in Australia. So he's flown there. And uh, so we're going to track him there. And that's another tournament where he's finished second twice. <laughs> so good go luck, Curtis. Curtis. You know, hopefully he can get a, he can get a win here. So I mean, we've been we've been threatening to get him on here in the podcast. I keep going back and forth with him. But then he seems, seems to be traveling or deer hunting or stuff like that. But I promise you, Curtis, we will do everything possible to make that interview happen, especially, especially if you get that win. In us, yes, definitely. All right. Uh, on on the heels of the RSM, um, yeah. we we wanted to kind of identify a player because mm-hmm. there's there's something u- unique and interesting going on with this particular player. Yeah. And uh, the win this past week kind of, um, you know, kind of pushed us to kind of talk about this player a little bit more. This is uh, Ludwig like Aber. Like, yeah, like a lot of people are right now. I mean, yeah. Uh, Ludwig, yeah, he's doing something. Is he the prototype player? Mm. You know, um, if you look at if you look at what he's done, yeah, in a very short period of time, um, in just a few months, Texas Tech graduated from Texas Tech, won on the DP and the PGA Tour. Yeah, now has fifty rounds of tour uh, experience, so now he can officially have stats. Yep. Minus 29 at the RSM with just one bogey. Or sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. With yep. just one bogey. Is this guy the player of the future? Well, think about this. So, you know, if we think about video games, 
and you play a video game and you put your character together and you're trying to pick the mm -hmm. best elements of your fighter or whatever. Um, this dude is doing <laughs> stuff like he is doing. And, and I'm, you know, I've been following him since, since college and stuff. And, and, you know, again, there's always players that come out and everybody's all high and mighty on them because they're like, Ooh, it's the hottest great thing and whatever like this. Um, but he has consistently been in the mix um i just i mean he he does everything so well which is the crazy part of it um and here's here's not to say that there's not going to be other players that are going to be have the same a lot of the same skills and come back and then you know knock them down in certain categories and so sure, forth. of course but, but you know this is a player who doesn't have a lot of weaknesses in his game he has some i mean mm -hmm. we're not going to say everybody's perfect um you know and he's not at the standard that maybe you know tiger woods did in 2000 as far as that particular year and over the that period of time but you know when you start to dig into his stats um the things that jump out are crazy and i mean you know i've got a little bit of a list there if you want to just uh mention some of the stats there boy he said number one in total driving yeah which is distance and accuracy, obviously. Yeah, which Scheffler held for the whole year until yeah. Ludwig had his 50, 50 rounds. Yeah. Second in proximity to the hole. Yeah. Um, Super important. It's very important because, I mean, that, that obviously translates into shorter birdie putts. Yeah. Third in greens and regulation. Yeah. Sixth in driving distance. Distance. Yeah. Distance. This, guy, this guy's one touches one can touch close to 190. Uh, he cruises kind of 184 ball speed. So I, even even Mac Hughes said, you know, when they were playing, they were playing the 15th hole there at the RSM. And, you know, Mac is, you know, Mac is adding more speed to his game, but Mac still averages kind of 170, 172. He's touched 180 a couple of times. Uh, but you know, he's watching Ludwig pump it 30 yards past him on a couple of the holes. He's second so. in scoring average. Yeah. And number one in birdies. Now, I'm I'm just, of all those stats, what's the most important one? Uh, what do you think? Oh, I mean, me? I mean, all of them lead to the last one. But to me, the most important one is being number one in birdies means that you're, you're making a, a crap load of birdies. But, I mean... Yeah. Proximity to the hole, proximity, yeah. and yeah, is, is the one that matters because if you're, that's great. You could be first in greens and regulation and have 25, mm -hmm. 30 footers for sure. birdie all day long. You're just going to make yeah. a whole whack of pars. Yeah, and you could be that close to the hole. Yeah, you could be last in in fairways, but if you're first in proximity, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. I so. mean, old school Bob Flero back in the day, the guy never oh my missed God. A, made a fairway in a round of golf, and he'd shoot sixty four. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. So hitting the fairways, with, ah. well, we we know now from a you know unless you're you know taking penalty strokes, uh, mm -hmm. as long as you're in play, mm -hmm. um, you know the width of the fairway from it's tree line to tree line. If there happened to be a tree line golf course, you know it's it's all useful, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's what you do from there. So I mean, it, this is just showing that this guy has multi multiple skills in all areas of the game and. I think, you know, when we talk about the prototype player, yeah, you know what? This is where we're going to start to see players get to. This is this is the this is the modern player who's grown up with, uh, you know, technology, uh, has had the high levels of coaching, um, super athlete. Uh, you know, he's a really great athlete. Um, you know, he he's got all those elements, and the more that these players come out, the more other players that are following see what they're doing. 
you know, see what the formula is and, and try to mimic that. So this is why, you know, when you look at the accomplishments that, of a Jack Nicholas, you know, or a Gary mm-hmm. Player or a Ben Hogan or an Arnold Palmer or a Tiger Woods, when you look at the accomplishments, the number of majors, the number of wins, the, you know, all that kind of stuff, winning, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, uh, 11 times in one season. This yeah. is why my, in my estimation, my prediction is that this is never going to happen again. Mm, and the reason is because there for every um Ludwig Aberg that's out there there's yep. a thousand more just like him coming mm-hmm. because they're just I'm not saying they're robots I'm no, just saying but... that the way that they train the way mm-hmm. that they practice the way that they learn the way that they develop their skills is the same yeah now the ones more, that grind it harder more, the ones more that parody yeah. yeah the ones that put in more effort are the ones that are going to elevate to the top but there's so many of them like this guy that are coming up. I mean, we saw snippets of it with, you know, with Scheffler, with uh, with uh, um, Kepka, with DeChambeau, mm-hmm. with Rory. Um, but even Rory's kind of on the, the backside of that now, even though he's still playing really, really good. Um, yeah. You know, but there's more guys like that coming. So it, on the PJ Tour at any given time, there's 125, 150 guys tipping it up. And any one of them could be that guy. Yeah. So the yeah. chances of somebody winning ten or eleven times in one season on the PGA Tour yeah. and winning winning three hard. majors out of four and going on having a career where they win eighteen, fourteen to eighteen majors is probably next to impossible because it's too hard. Because mm-hmm. when Tiger did what Tiger did, Tiger yeah. was just so much better than everybody else that he could do it. Mm-hmm. So he tipped it up, and there was hardly anybody else in the field that was as good. Mm-hmm. Same with Jack, and there was less yep. competition. Yep. Now, it's there's more not more less more. competition. There's more competition. Yeah, it's it's deeper and deeper than ever. And I mean, I think <clears throat> I think we saw it even in the uh, the past week or so. Um, there was some discussion about the DP World Tour and the players finishing high up in their their order of merit and those ones would get access to the PGA tour and there is some warnings from some other Europeans that are playing the the PGA tour right now to the the ones that are coming over and saying hey you know what um when you come over here you know a lot of the times the cuts are going to be you know 5 and 6 under par there's a lot of times that you know they played maybe the uh, you know the DP World Tour where <clears throat> even par because yeah. the depth wasn't there. So even par would make the cut. So the depth is greater all the time. It's harder to maintain a card. It's harder to gain a card. Yeah. Uh, we have eight more Canadians playing the second stage next week, by the way. Um, but it's harder and harder to do that. So as a result of it, yeah, this this is, you know, the more that we have these players, like a, a Ludwig Oberg, that, that all the juniors and college players can look up to, they're mm-hmm. going to be aspiring to kind of match what they do and they're going to be working harder to do that and it's just going to elevate the sport just like every other sport has been elevated over the years and that's just the future of the game exactly okay so we got uh, we got about eight minutes scott before we want to get out for a break um i just want to announce obviously that uh, across the news right now tiger announces return to tournament play he plans on making that return uh, at the hero world challenge on november 30th and obviously he is planning on playing the PNC championship in December um, for the fourth straight year with the, his son, um, you know, the, the obvious phenom next best player in the world, 
la, 20, la, 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 tw- la. Tw- uh, 26 at the state championship in Florida, but, but his team yeah. won. So it got a lot of coverage. Yes, so. exactly. So but. good for you, Charlie Woods. Um, we, we sort of indicated, do we have any expectations? Um, just, to keep it simple and and quick um i have none and no i don't i, I don't <laughs> think we should have any yeah. uh if he small field at the hero so he could do well and he could finish 20th yeah i and i i think the expectation is not only there but beyond that and uh you know for all the people that are all of a sudden throwing out oh hey he's gonna win a major and he's gonna like settle down like you know this is a guy who you know has been through a lot his body's been through a lot um he's about to turn 48 mm-hmm. uh, people i should remind people that it's not like he's you know 25 years old anymore uh no. bodies bodies get more difficult do we are we counting him out as far as having another win? No, nope. I'm not. But I'll tell you what, it's like me cheering for the Calgary Flames. I start the year thinking we're not going to make the playoffs and we're probably not going to win a game. And and you know what? I'm not disappointed when they have some runs or do play well or whatever. So I, I think people, if they're all of a sudden, you know, expecting he's going to get, you know, three more majors and and you know, win five times a year and play like just you know what you're just setting yourself up for disappointment so yep. just enjoy it while you can um my sentiments exactly and i'll leave it at that uh, yeah good luck tiger uh the um golf ontario officially named uh, their players official the players of the year for this past season um do you want to just list the the ones yeah. that we have there just quickly and then we can sure. uh Yep. Uh, and the most significant one here, especially for uh, for people around our area, Ashton McCullough, who plays out of Catawakery down in Kingston, was the uh, player of the year for the men. Uh, Katie Cranston uh, for the women. The men's man, uh, men's win. Whoa, I haven't. I need more coffee. I need more coffee. Do it. Men's mid-ham uh, went to Phil Archie. Um, senior men went to Dave Bunker. And the women's mid-ham and women's senior titles both went to Judith Corinus. No surprise there. No. Um, we are almost uh, completing uh, the indoor golf guide, ready to close it down. So if you if you are a facility operator and you have an indoor facility that you want us to post on flagstick.com, yeah. uh, you might want to reach out to us quickly so that you're included in that directory. Because if you're not included in that directory and the directory comes out and then you call us and ask us why you're not in that directory, this is why. <laughs> yeah i mean okay. i can i can do some edits later on but i yeah, prefer not to i prefer to put out a as complete a directory as possible and i know you know we're still going to miss a few things on there but uh yeah like you said just a reminder if you are an operator just reach out uh let us know what you got going on there's obviously you know some places are expanding doing other things but you know it'd, it'd be nice to know and be able to share that with our community uh, and just another quick little announcement that Bay Aquinty Golf and Country Club has named uh, industry veteran Jim Burlington as their Ooh. general manager. Um, Jim will be there to help guide them through uh, a rather extensive expansion, uh, 27 holes uh, with uh, with 2024 and growing to 36. Um, yeah. And they have some other extensive uh, amenity plans, including accommodations, other services, pickleball, et cetera planned um so they've they've got their guy at the helm to make that happen um, yeah and obviously i i mean we've known jim for 
Yeah. Back back time. to when he was at Bay Aquini, <laughs> yeah, back in the back in the day when he was a superintendent there a long, long time ago. Um, obviously Rusta Silva's there as the head pro as well. They've you know, they've got a pretty good team. I, I posted some of the proposed layouts. So they'd be at 18. They did a preview of some of the holes this fall. Um, they'll open 27 for next year. As I said, I posted some of the uh, layouts. They have three potential layouts as far as mixes. Uh, I posted that on our Instagram story. If you want to go check out our Instagram, uh, I post that up there and they were uh, happy to retweet that. That was from their town hall that they recently had. Uh, but yeah, they've got big plans there, uh, hoping to grow to 36. They keep going there. They're going to open by 2025. They'll have the 36 done. Um, it's kind of a nice. legacy project for Graham Cook. He was born in Belleville, uh, and this be, might be one of his, you know, kind of last big designs that he gets involved with. Uh, he's got some other great people that work with him that are doing a lot of the work there. But all the pictures I've seen have been great so far. Um, looking forward to getting out there and seeing that in the spring. Cool. All right. Well, that should uh, that should be enough for the front nine, I would think. Um, Maybe, yeah. We, I think we, that's at under par. We got a nice, uh, I don't know if it's under par or not. That was pretty good. Um all right, we got a um, interesting topic uh, to uh, to get to in the back nine, um, just on the heels of the uh, the industry summit that you, Mr. McLeod, recently attended and were a part of as a member of yep. the uh, as a board member of the uh, Golf Journalists Association of Canada. Some topics that came out of that we're going to discuss and uh, give our opinions and so on and so forth in the back nine. But first, we got to take a quick break. Um, and uh, you are listening to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back at you. The Canadian Pro Shop Online has all the best gear for Canadian golfers. Amazing prices on all the top brands in one place. The latest drivers, irons, putters, and more. The Canadian Pro Shop Online is the best gear to help you play your best golf. Shop online today at CanadianProShopOnline.com. All right. Well, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast with... Uh, this guy, me, Jeff Botter, and that guy there, Scott McLeod. Did you almost forget your name? I did. <laughs> you know, it's one of those I got a toucan. Yeah, maybe it's I, maybe I, it's I uh, maybe it's uh, causing some some pressure in my brain or something. I don't know. Uh, no, but we are here, and um, we're going to get into this back nine topic. The back nine, obviously, is presented uh, by Falcon Ridge Golf Course. Another outdoor golf season has come to a close, but that does not mean golf season is over. It means indoor golf season has begun featuring four this year, four state-of-the-art TrackMan Sims. Uh, we are open and ready to help extend your golf season well into the spring. Visit falconridgegolf.ca for more information or to book a tee time. Love should I it. Recommend, should I recommend another golf course like I do every week for TrackMan stuff? Sure, yeah, well, might as well keep right. doing it. Sure, they've added uh, PGA Frisco, which is the PGA headquarters uh, in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, just outside of Dallas. They've added the two golf courses for that. Um, don't play them off the tips. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. The one is 7,800 yards and the one's nearly 7,500, but uh, a, a fun play. We played that on our usual Sunday game. Uh, a couple weeks ago and yeah it's a good one to check out if you're you're accessing a track man sim all right well we got a whole back nine to talk about this but we're not does not mean we're going to talk about it for an hour uh, yeah. but uh scotty mac uh you were a big part of the um the recent uh uh summit um mm. 
run by the uh, Golf Journalists Association of Canada. And yep. uh, there were some interesting stakeholders included in that summit, and a lot of things were discussed. So why don't you set the table, and then sure. uh, I'll throw my two cents in worth if anybody cares. Yeah, so uh, we host uh, quarterly webinars uh, online uh, with the Golf Journalists Association of Canada. And uh, this one that was held on Tuesday, which people can see online, we actually have it up on the flagstick.com if people want to go and, and, and watch it. Um, <clears throat> we invited the leaders from Golf Canada, PGA of Canada, uh, Golf Managers Association of Canada, the NGCOA, and the Golf Superintendents Association, all from... Um, you know, the, the various bodies that are obviously very important within golf in this country, just to give a little bit of a snapshot on uh, the year as it was. Um, Rick Young uh, moderated. I did the early part of introduction and some Q&A stuff at the end, but, uh, you know, and then address them with some questions Rick did. And then uh, we had some uh, uh, questions from the crowd as well. Um, and it was very interesting. It was, and this is what led to this topic here. Obviously, you know, they were talking about the challenges, the, you know, the positives that had happened in the, in the last year or so. Uh, but like anything, it's, it's a moving target right things are moving and changing all the time so uh it's seeing how all those different parts of the industry not only are working together which is nice they're all part of naga which is the uh, national allied golf association so you know it's not like the old days where they were kind of all working in isolation they all spend some time talking to each other how they can solve problems it's it's much more symbiotic than it used to be before um but it was interesting when each of them came forward and started talking about um, things that they saw during the year. And I, I should say, here's, here's the basis of everything. It's obviously, you know, the pre-COVID, post-COVID, as far as the rounds of golf and so forth. And that really set the table for all the other issues or things that are happening in the industry. Um, you know, rounds were up 3.7% uh, overall in Canada last year. Uh, more uh, in the West, they had better weather. As you went towards the East, it was down a little bit more. They had a lot of more rain in, in the Atlantic provinces and so forth. Um, the numbers overall were up 23 to 24% over pre-COVID. So that gives you an idea where things are at, but obviously, you know, up 3.7% doesn't mean it's still, you know, going up like a rocket ship. But at the same time, you know, those numbers cause different issues that are out there and they create sort of different things. So what we want to talk about is kind of, you know, where do we think from, we see things from our perspective, what we see is good, what you know, what do we want to see more of uh, our state of the industry more than anything, just from our opinions, our perspective, and maybe kind of what's going on out there. Some thoughts, first thoughts, wow. where, do you, where do you want to start? I mean, it's a big topic, obviously. It is a big topic. Um, well, I mean, I, I just to talk quickly about this 23 to 24%, um, mm -hmm. you know, over pre-COVID. So just to qualify that with people understanding what pre-COVID means is that yeah. Prior to COVID-19 shutting things down and causing the uh, the temporary issues with golf uh, play that it did, um, the industry was was trending in a in a not the greatest direction, but um, it was struggling a little bit. It was, it was struggling. Some There's some challenges. For so sure. COVID hits, and obviously the only thing that you could do, um, aside from sit around your house and watch movies, 
uh, and go to the grocery store once a week uh, was play golf. So yeah. rounds of golf, golf courses, uh, the rounds of golf went through the roof. Courses were completely booked. Memberships were completely sold out. There was long waiting lists. And that went on for a little over two years. Yeah. And now we're sort of back to post-COVID where uh, things are mostly back to normal in, in that respect. And we have seen uh, at most facilities, not necessarily big drops in membership and big drops in green fee traffic, but at some more than others, uh, there's mm-hmm. been a decrease in, you know, yeah, we should say it's of up. the T-sheet. Yeah, it's it's up from where it was previously. We're not saying it all of a sudden has declined back to where it was. No, you know, in, well, in that's where the 23 to 24 percent mark right. shows us that that's it were up pre-covid so we're not right we're up from where yeah. we were prior to covid covid but we were way up but it's, but it's and, starting to level out now and it, yeah. and i think that it will because i think that you know there will always be yes there's going to be some new people in the game and that's of the course. positive thing that's come out of all of this yeah. is that we have new golfers that if that we've done a good enough job to keep them around yeah. um but the negative in that is that we are not seeing you know, where we might have had an opportunity to have see more growth in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're not. Um, so it, there's positives and negatives to come out of that side of it. Uh, yeah, I guess so, that's my point. So so let's start with this. Uh, here's a couple of things that are sort of more on the positive side that, you know, uh, I, I want to really point out. And I, and I won't say it's across the board, but it's obviously happens in different places. Uh, Kevin Thistle from the PGA of Canada, our CEO, uh, was on that call. Um, you know, he outlined the fact that, you know, membership levels for the PGA of Canada, these are the professionals in Canada that are members of the PGA, um, they used to be about 3,400 for a lot of years. That was kind of the number where they're at, uh, 2,400 golf facilities in Canada. Um, so when you look at that, that meant a lot of the places in Canada, a lot of the golf courses didn't really have a PGA professional. Um, which was critical in a lot of cases because you're getting people, and it's not to say that it's the only qualification for for being in part of the operation of the golf course because there's lots of other aspects to it. But what you're trying to find there, uh, one of the things that happens when when people are qualified and are within certain associations and things like that is they're dedicated to the sport. So they're generally going to do more education. They're going to do more things long-term. They're not just there to temporarily be in that job. So it's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. when they're involved so now the pga membership is nearing actually four thousand in canada which means more facilities out there are hiring pga professionals there's other factors in there, cost of joining and and you know different things but overall we look at that as a positive sign the other aspect that i'm seeing at some facilities and it's not every and this is where sort of the negative positive sort of is and taking advantage of what happened uh during COVID. obviously revenue streams went up in a lot of situations Mm -hmm. uh, because more golfers were there. That's not to say, and these are one of the challenges that has been discussed, is that obviously costs of goods went up, labor went up, there's labor shortages, there's a lot of other things. But in general, when you have more revenue to deal with, it's a little bit easier to manage than those costs just going up and not having the revenue on the other side. As a result of it, we are seeing some facilities now finally take the time to you know invest in themselves you know we're we've got a couple of things coming up with uh, like the Renfrew Golf Club for an example mm-hmm. who's you know expanding their their range a project that hasn't been done for years to because they know that the capacity on the golf course is getting higher and higher 
they need their practice facilities and so forth to sort of, you know, add, add uh, you know, to the amenities so that people can leak out and make use of those facilities when they can't get on the golf course. Um, I'm seeing a number of golf courses, you know, Carlton's doing some stuff with their lakes. Uh, I'm seeing other golf courses. I mean, we just talked about a big yeah, Quinty, Quinty, yeah. doing the expansion. We're not going to see a lot of expansions going on, no. but we're seeing courses, you know, redoing bunkers and, you know, so they're putting that revenue back in and they're investing. So that's, that's the good aspect of it. I, what I think is going to happen though, is that we're going to start to see some more, um, you know, disparity between the golf courses for the ones that are actually doing the work and the ones that are just status quo and, you know, have just, and, and they have all the right in the world to, yeah. to take, to take profits and do whatever. Um, Cause man, there are some lean years, but when they start to look at what has to happen long-term, that was the biggest, one of the biggest emphasis of this uh, state of the industry is that, you know, it's about long-term and, and starting to look at long-term regards to, um, you know, member services, uh, HR, player development, course practice development, marketing development, all these different things that have to happen as the industry sort of scales up. Because if all of a sudden there's a lull, you've got to be positioned so that you can kind of be ahead of the lull a little bit to, to mm -hmm. a little bit be a little bit stronger. So, you know, what would you like to see maybe some more of from some of the facilities in, in that vein? Well, I think like, like you're talking about challenges and this is um, uh, course conditions is one of the things that, uh, that as I played a little bit more golf, um, not a ton more, but a little bit more golf this past season, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really took note of uh, was course conditions. And I get if you don't have, you know, the staffing is the, is one of the, the issues that leads to some of these facilities not having the conditions that I would think would be ideal or favorable for what you're paying for. So when and, you're you're saying conditions, what are you what are you speaking of specifically? Well, I'm speaking of of green conditions. I'm speaking of um of so bunkers turf. being full of grass okay. and and yeah. and uh, not being maintained. I'm mm -hmm. I'm speaking of weeds and fairways and grass not being cut more regularly. And and I, I like I said, I get the staffing thing, but at the same time, your staffing issues as a golf course are not my problem. Mm. I'm paying a fair amount of money and, and mm -hmm. in most cases a lot more money than I was when you weren't so busy and you needed my green fee. Mm -hmm. And now you are really quite busy mm -hmm. and you've jacked the rates up mm -hmm. to accommodate for all these additional expenses. Cause yes, everything costs fair. more, yeah, um, totally fair. but now the course that I was playing <clears throat> three years ago, mm -hmm is nowhere near the condition or being maintained the way it was three years ago, but you're asking me to pay more for it because it's costing you more. Yeah. Um, so we're, I talking, get that, we're talking about that in a general sense. In a general sense, yes. specific No, 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 definitely yeah. not specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of the things that that really kind of pisses me off is, mm -hmm. that, is that you're – I'm not saying you're taking the money and putting it in your pocket and not putting in the work, sure, but that's but... what it appears – Right. You so, know what I mean? So, so it's yeah. appearances, appearances of perception is reality. If mm -hmm. I show up at your golf course three years ago and the, and the greens are in good shape and the fairways are mowed and there's no mm -hmm. weeds and I'm yeah. paying 50 bucks for my round of golf and there's a drink cart 
uh, circulating and, you know, so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And I show up three years later and I'm now paying 65 or $70 for that round of golf. And the course is in crappy condition compared to what it was three years ago. Right. I got a problem with that. And yeah. I know, and, and I don't know as a golfer, I don't know your issues, but I have a problem with that. So yeah. chances are I'm not coming back. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? And, and that and, you don't want. Yeah. And that's, and that, that I will say, you know, that's, that's reflected in the comments that we receive obviously from a, you know, social media side of it and stuff like that. You know, we monitor it. We, we discuss, we have lots of discussions with our golf community. I mean, we, we get that feedback and sometimes that feedback doesn't necessarily go to the golf courses being a third party. They come to us and say, Oh, so-and-so wasn't that good this year. And they're again, it could be their sample size. It could be the day that they went, um, but if you start to hear that on a regular basis about a particular golf course, then you begin to wonder. And as you said, that's, that's a real important thing for the golf course, because, you know, if they haven't got the conditions that are, uh, justified by the, you know, the pricing increases, you know, mm-hmm. that, that has going to have some long-term effects because, you know, from, from my experience and background, you know, and you, you you can comment on your own, you know, if somebody has that experience and it happens this year, chances are they might not return to that golf course for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. They might not give them a chance because they're like, you know what? I went, I had that bad experience. I'm not going back. It leaves a bad taste in their mouth. Right. Um, And and so it's not just a short-term problem of the day. That guy complained um, and I get it. Sometimes maybe people are expecting too much uh, in a particular case. But if you're hearing it consistently, that obviously means they're doing some sort of comparison against other products that they're seeing for the price. Um, so that definitely, yeah, yeah, I, I could see that for sure. So uh, you're right. From the, the front end, the consumer only sees the front end. They see what yeah. they pay. So they don't expect the consumer to see what's going on mm-hmm. in the back end. Don't expect right. the consumer to have sympathy for the fact that you can't get stopped. Yeah, you know, yeah. don't 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 expect that now. And on on that same note, there are some facilities that it's not the staffing issue. It's a, it's a put it in, put money in the bank issue. You know, they're busy, and this is kind of sometimes what happens with some facilities is they mm-hmm. they care less about the traffic is there, the tea sheet is full, and they they take 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 just a little bit each time to see what that limit is. Mm. Where is that limit before? people stop coming or the negativity starts to grow and, and they push that limit because that pushes their profit margin. So they go, Mm -hmm. what can I, can I take this away? Can I take this away? Can I, can I cut every three days or, you know, can I cut the green? They, they, they try a little bit each time and they find that, that limit. And once they find it, then they stay there for a while and they put as much money in the bank as they can. That said, I think part of the thing is it's incremental, right? So, anyways, I'll, yeah. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. So your point that's there it. I'll, I'll um, one of the things we talk about from a marketing perspective is storytelling, mm-hmm. um, and I noticed you put that on your your notes here. Yeah. Um, marketing is my thing. It's my gig. It's my jam. Um, and one of the things that yes, there is a self serving interest in me wanting golf courses to spend more money on marketing and so on and so forth. Yeah, I get that, and that's going to come across. Is that sure? That's the nature of my business. Is I want you to spend money, and I do, but I want you to spend it properly, and I want you to spend it the right way, and I want you to tell the right stories. And 
one of or the tell, things that, or tell a story tell a I mean, story yeah the, the thing about your business is not just about the green fees it's not just about the tournaments or the banquets and stuff like that it's about it's about you it's so about you, your your, people, your your culture yeah, yeah exactly it's 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 who you are so yeah. when you're trying to determine as a golf operator, you're trying to determine what do I need to do? You know, I want to, what am I going to promote? Well, I've got these two for two for three for four for threes, or I've got this $10 off special. It's like, no, you're that's just not a what commo- you want to promote. You're just a commodity. If, yeah. you, if that's the case, you're just, everybody's you're just compared- got, everybody's yeah. got a deal. Everybody's yeah. got a promo, but yeah. everybody has a different story. Right. So you can offer all the same deals mm-hmm. across 20 30 40 50 golf courses but you can't tell the same story and everybody's got an individual it doesn't matter how expensive your golf course is or how inexpensive your golf course is your story is completely different and and how you perceive yourself to the public how you deliver your message whether it's in your marketing or whether it's on site mm-hmm. that's that's your individual um marketing strategy and it's right there is what happens when I show up? What's different about about you when I show up? Yep. What are you doing for me when I show up? What kind of experience are you delivering for me? That's what golf is is about. Golf is golf. Mm-hmm. You know, you play a hundred golf courses, and and a hundred golf courses are all going to be different layouts and different this and different that. But it's still golf. It's hitting a ball off the tee. It's hitting a ball from the fairway. It's making a putt or hitting a bunker shot. What else? Yeah. So go- you know? golf, golf is a lot about, you know, and a lot about many things. It's about emotion. And, you know, we talk about a little bit in coaching side of it or whatever. It's it's not the information or, or whatever that you tell somebody. It's how you make them feel. Yeah. And, and how you make them feel, again, has to be, it has to be conveyed in your story and how you're talking. And I've seen some great stuff from golf courses this year where, you know, uh, it, it becomes less about the price. Because as you said, you know, commodity if it's you know if you're just going i'm 58 dollars, i'm 59 dollars. okay that doesn't tell the story and I, I can tell you our experience what we hear from golfers all the time even though golfers you know maybe clubs or or people that are behind the counter hear people like oh that's a great price or oh that's too high or whatever that's not what they talk about afterwards mm-hmm. what we hear when people come afterwards is we hear the stories and the experience people wonder why you know, golf courses that are $400 and $500 and people are like, whoa, you know, that's ridiculous for them. But I guess what? When people go there and they have that world-class experience, um, they, they're they not hesitating to to go back to that place, you know, again. Yes, you know, it obviously has to fit within their budget and so forth, but there's less of a barrier because they had such an amazing time that's there. So, you know, again, if, if you're selling a membership, it's not just about the membership. It's mm-hmm. about the culture. It's about, and and you're right. That's that storytelling. That's the reason I had it in there was this is what it's about. I mean, people, people don't bounce around memberships as much as people think, even mm-hmm. though there might be a perception that some people do. They go to a place where they feel comfortable. They go to a place where they feel welcome. And it's the same for green fears. They go back to places where they've had positive experiences and they go back. But if your marketing doesn't convey that, then, you know, that's, that's an issue, but that's, that's, that's again, that goes back to long-term strategies of well, developing it. It's not just about let's, let's put stuff in the bank today. You know, let's put stuff consistently in the yeah. bank for the next 20 years. And long-term strategy too, I think we need to, to kind of understand that how your, your membership makeup 
um, or your 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 golfer makeup at your facility is part of that long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is there was a push through the COVID years to push junior members out of golf courses yep. in favor of the higher paying adult members who wanted memberships because it was all they could do. So the goal was, oh, we only have so much space available rather than have all these junior golfers running around uh, for $1,000 a year mm-hmm. uh, with limited playing options. Let's have more adult members around at three or $4,000 a year because that's better for our bottom line. Yeah. That's short-term thinking. Yeah. Because when you talk about long-term strategy, it's I want a golfer to be a member at my golf course or I want a golfer to be a regular playing person at my golf course for the next 25, 30, 35, 40 years. Sure. That's what I want. Yeah. If I don't cultivate that member or that golfer from the time that they're allowed to start playing golf to the time that they're a full-paying adult member, Mm-hmm. And guess what? Over 25 or 30 years, how many of those 40, 50, 60-year-old members do I still have? Mm-hmm. And who's taking their place? Mm-hmm. If you haven't cultivated your membership or your or your your um your audience or your your yep. loyal golfer followers from the time that they are, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 and so on and so on, then you lose them. Mm-hmm. then they don't become full-paying adult members that is what you ultimately want. So right. I'm not saying you have to have 400 junior members. And I'm not saying if you want more that you can't limit them. And if you're a facility no, that has the, the number sure. of holes or you have the driving range, then you've got the ability to do something about this. Yeah. That's long-term strategy. Yeah, not and Long-term then, strategy is not just what am I going to do to my golf course over the next right. 20 years. It's yeah. what am I going to do with my my audience over the next 20 years. Right. So what you're building there is you're building emotional equity with your yeah, clientele. That's a good yeah. I, Equity is a good word to use. Yeah. And then emotional equity is super important because that also ties into people doing more other things to diversify your revenue stream mm-hmm. because they become more invested and dedicated to your facility. Camps, lessons, camps, lessons, Oops. merchandise. Um, you know, when they make a decision of where to recommend for friends to go play, there's a lot more to it than that. So, you know, don't, don't quibble over the pennies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'll, you'll get the dollars if you just, you know, take your time and, and look at it as long-term and the value, it takes a lot more, you know, every business has done this study, you know, that that's been interesting in it, but it takes a lot more money to acquire a new client than it does to cultivate uh, a stronger relationship with current clients. You know, it, it's an important aspect to it. So if, if you've got just a short-term strategy, I mean, look, we're 20, we're in year 28 with, with this publication and, and, you know, media company. And, you know, we've seen it inside and out. We've seen a many, many people come and go within this industry, you know, with a lot of, you know, fast promises of, Oh, we'll do this for you. And we'll do this for you. But you know what? Uh, it, it rarely ever works out. I mean, certainly the, you know, there's, there's always a need for new things. Um, and that's part of it as well to grow is to, 
to think about new avenues where you can kind of grow your business. But, you know, when anybody comes in and is thinking short term with anything, mm-hmm. chances are it hasn't been well thought out more than anything. And and the the, the clubs that have that long term success, not because you know, it's a golf course and it's a piece yeah. of property and it's hard to close a golf course, but the ones that continue to thrive are the ones that, that put a lot of thought into it. So here's an, an interesting thing. And, and I know that, that, that this has been done places before. This is not some newfangled idea that I just came up with while I took my last sip of coffee, but what I haven't seen, at least in this region, in this area, very much of is is promotion of things by facilities uh, to attract um, new golfers. And I mean, new golfers, I mean, people that have probably never picked up a golf club more than once in the last five years or never picked up a golf club at all that are completely new beginners would be totally embarrassed to go out with their buddies because they know they're not going to get the ball off the ground. Right. What are we doing to encourage those people to take up the game so yeah. why if you you have and this is where you have to look at your facility obviously if you're an 18 hole facility with no driving range mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot you can do to get new golfers out onto your golf course without and somehow inhibiting the the experienced golfers that are already out there barring sure. closing the golf course down which i get would be an extreme revenue yep. loss but if you're a facility that has 27 holes or you have 36 holes mm-hmm. and you have a driving range facility as well and a practice green and all that kind of stuff, then why aren't you doing something? <laughs> you mean, you mean instead of just fighting over the same audience over yeah. and over again, like yeah. bring them out, you know, yeah. ha- charge them a little bit of money. Maybe if you want to charge sure. say $10 beginner or new golfer, um, you know, uh, seminars and you do them once a week over the course of a six weeks or something or twice a week or whatever. And they come out and they, they join a group, they go out on the golf course and, and they play or they go to the driving range and they get some, some tips and stuff. And then they go out and they play six holes or something, something. I mean, I'm, and I'm just throwing, it's like, give me, give me, give me a week and I can come up with a better plan. Give me, give me a a minute and this is what you're going to get from me. Yeah. But I don't see any of that. I don't see any promotion of that. Now it might exist, but what yeah. I'm saying is I see a lot of, a lot of specials. I see a lot of come and play our golf course. I see a lot of yeah. promotion, promotion, promotion to the same audience to yeah. trying to attract the same golfer, but I don't yeah. see anybody doing now. Is and, this and something the, and, that the golf the courses stru- should and- do? Is yes, this a, this, is this an associate? Is this an OVGA thing? Is this well, a, a a golf Ontario thing? Is this a golf Canada thing? Well, the NDCA already has a welcome to golf program that they introduced, but you know it right. needs to expand, right? So it's a it's a brand new program. It just was introduced last year, um, and it's they have plans to expand it and so forth. But you're right. One of the things that happens, I think, is because from that to reach that market takes a little bit of extra effort. You but know, where's the no- promo of that plan? No, no, that's what I mean, though. The the effort and yeah. stuff for that, we, well, we don't see it as much because we're not we're not looking outside of golf. They're doing that outside of golf, which is where it needs to be happening, right? It's through business journals and all that stuff or whatever. So this is not a program that we would see pushed and promoted through golf because, um, you know, this is not generally where that audience is. The people have to reach outside of golf, right, and mm-hmm. get to that. But that means 
that means that, you know, if you're a golf course, you know, consider maybe getting a hold of an office someplace and saying, hey, you know what, uh, you're a an investment office, you know, where you, you know, have, you know, all the p- people that may have the resources to go play, but have never been around the game, you know, maybe you do an outreach with them and say, hey, we're going to come to your place and introduce you to the game and stuff. And I know everyone's busy. Everyone's busy and stuff like that, but a little bit goes a long way. And I certainly, that's the same. Um, you know what, if, if you're thinking about that in your golf course, and you're looking to do that outreach. I mean, again, we, we get, we cycle in that world mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit. Right. And people have to remember that, you know, people don't, if they're not in the golf industry, they don't know who the golf courses are. So what they do is they come to a place like us, you know, as an overarching golf media company and people come to go, okay, I'm not a golfer. Oh, uh, my buddy says, go look on this and this site and I'll get to know more about golf. So yeah, if you are trying to do any programs or stuff like that, yeah, come, come talk to us. I mean, that's. Well, here's the thing, the, the NGCOA and I'm, you know, um, the NGCOA does some wonderful things and is, is essentially there for the golf course operators. They have the program that they do usually in July to take a kid to, Take yeah, a kid to the course. Totally with, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like the, I like the concept of the program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you, kids under a certain age play for free whenever yeah. they book a tee time with a paying full paying green fee adult. So yeah. adult pays the full green fee right off the rack, no deals, and the kid plays for free. Most golf courses that I know of, um already do this on a, on a, on a weekly basis or on a weekend basis where they offer um, kids play free after a yeah. certain time. I with wouldn't, a full I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say most, okay, now. Some. but now my, my point is more. this, my point yeah. is this. Yeah. What is the point of doing it for a week? Mm. Yes. How is yeah, that yeah. encouraging no, no, anything? Yeah. So you, so you're going to wait until the July mm-hmm. to take your kid to the course so that he can play for free to introduce him to the game. It makes yeah. no sense. It should be yeah. a full season long thing that happens once a week on a specific mm-hmm. day or a couple of times yeah. a week, depending on the facility. It should be it should be promoted by the NGCOA, sponsored by the NGCOA and its partners to subsidize it potentially so that the golf courses will do it without cutting into their their revenue streams. At the same time, the golf courses should be offering that up a little bit less expensively because those are essentially new golfers. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, encouraging and, the, the family aspect of the right. game and stuff like that. Yeah. So I get some, I know Metcalf Golf Course, we've been the sponsor of the Kids Play Free program at Metcalf for years. That's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with them. Not shameless self-promotion, nothing like that. There's yeah. other golf courses. Uh, I know Falcon Ridge does something similar. There's other golf courses around our region that do it on, yeah. a, on an annual every year, usually on a Saturday, Sunday, or a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, they do an after three o'clock or an after four o'clock kids play free program. And I love mm-hmm. it. I don't get the whole one week thing. The only reason no, you do I a one week yeah. thing is, is it's a, it's a cross the board. All golf courses have to do it. And it promotes the golf course owners association. Like mm. that's, yep. That's right. Right. Anyway. Uh, anything else we want to talk about on this topic, Scott? Or, uh, oh no. I mean, we, gotta... we can go, we can do, go many ways with that, but let's, let's just say that. Um, 
a small investment every single year pays yeah. off long-term instead of waiting. It's no different than for us from a coaching side of it. You know, I invest in my technology and stuff all the time mm -hmm. so that it doesn't, I don't all of a sudden become irrelevant. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, you're having to go, Oh boy, I can't, I can't afford this to put all this stuff into or whatever. So, um, you know, there's some great stuff that is going on in golf. You know, we're, we're not trying to be negative Nellies here, but you know, we can always be better and it's always good to take the time to analyze stuff and go, you know what, what are our weaknesses? And if you're not willing to admit your weaknesses, then yeah. you're just kind of sticking your head in the sand. So, And on that note, I also should want to say, it's okay if you want to talk to us. Like, honest to yeah. God, there's no consulting fee. No, just, <laughs> just pick up the phone, send the an email, say, hey, um, I want to bounce this idea off here, or I heard the podcast, or I watched the podcast, and you guys had some interesting thoughts here. Can we can we talk about this? I'm, I'm curious how yeah. I might be able to make this work. I'm all in. I'm all in to sit down and talk about it. And, we and if we golf, can help we you like golf to be better. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's called growing the game. That's what we're supposed yeah. to be doing because growing the game helps everybody. It helps. Yes. It helps the industry. It's not just about um, my bottom line or your bottom line. That will take care of itself if we grow the game. That's, rising tide. Exactly. A rising tide lifts all ships. Exactly. All right. It's right. That up. Confucius type saying. Um, <laughs> we're going to leave it there. And wrap it up. Uh, great show. Uh, fun show. Good topics. Uh, obviously, want to thank all our sponsors this week. Metcalf Golf Club, Falcon Ridge Golf Course, and our presenting sponsor, Canadian Pro Shop Online. With amazing prices on all the latest brand name golf equipment, all in one convenient location online. It's never been easier to upgrade your game. Whether it's drivers, irons, putters, or whatever your golf game needs, the Canadian Pro Shop Online is the best gear to help you play your best golf. Shop online at CanadianProShopOnline.com. And remember, gift-giving is fun at Canadian Pro Shop Online, too. So check that out. Um, hopefully, uh, you've enjoyed this show and you're enjoying hearing and watching what we're bringing to you. Be sure to follow us across all social media networks, Instagram, X, uh, TikTok, Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us and click the notification bell to make sure you never miss a single episode also, get on over to flagstick.com for more amazing golf content delivered every single day and to sign up for the free Flagstick Digest newsletter where we're going to send you free content directly to your inbox three times a week. You can't get any better than that because why? It's free. Uh, always appreciate you tuning in, but until next week, I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.